BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, I think you're going to absolutely love this episode. Have a listen. But before you do, I want to remind you that we have a lot of upcoming shows. The ones that I'm allowed to announce right now are New York, July 10th and LA August 7th. So go to wemetatacme.com slash tour now and get your tickets. All right. Enjoy the app. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. I'm super excited to be here with Erin Claire Jones, human design guide and leadership coach. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Leading me to say that correctly. (laughs) Hey, Erin. Hi, it's so good to be here. It's so good to have you here. So I just found out that you're a Taurus. I don't know why I thought you were a Scorpio, but I guess that makes sense because they're opposite signs a little bit. When is your exact birthday? May 14th. Okay, that's a really good birthday. I actually... I feel the same way. (laughs) I dated someone with that birthday. And it was the only person I ever dated that like it ended on okay terms with. You know what I mean? Because it was like a good person, you know? I feel that. Yeah. So, well, happy kind of belated birthday. Thank you. Yeah, it was recent. And so that leads me to my next question, which is how old are you and where are you from? Um, I'm 29 years old Mm -hmm. and I'm from Seattle, Washington. Awesome. And how long have you been living in New York? I've been living in New York since 2013, so about six years. Mm-hmm. And what are you up to these days in the city? Yeah, so um, I work with a system called human design, mm-hmm. which basically gives people their energetic DNA and helps people eat, understand how they're really kind of designed to operate at their best in their career and relationships with their family. And so I work with individuals and I work with teams to kind of give them all their unique blueprint. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. And how did you get into human design? Did it find you or did you find it? It did find me, but I mean, I'm sure that I found it too. I think that I had been working a lot of startups in New York and, you know, on the side had been exploring a lot of different modalities of just like helping me like understand myself and the people around me. And I was at a party in the East Village and met this guy and he basically came up to me and was like, have you heard of human design? And so he sat down with me and looked at my human design. So for those who are not familiar, all you need is your exact time, date and place of birth, which is pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. Um, But he looked at my design and just started like telling me all these things about myself that were so resonant and things that like I knew intuitively, but like hadn't really given myself permission to step into. And so it shifted me pretty immediately and it kind of, I really never looked back. You know, I've explored a lot of different things, but like from that moment, I really started studying human design and it's been a real 
a very big part of my life ever mm-hmm. since. And what's like, what is human design to someone who has never heard of it before, like an elevator pitch type thing? Yeah. So the idea is that human design combines a lot of different systems. So it draws from astrology, the Kabbalah, the I Ching, the chakra system, quantum physics, genetics, biochemistry, like all into one master system. And it gives us each our blueprint. And so the idea with human design is that there are actually 2 billion different configurations. So like no two are you know, necessarily the same, but it really helps us understand how we're designed to make decisions, communicate, relate with other people, like where our biggest shadows are, where our distractions are. And I think what I've really discovered through human design is that it's really not about changing who we are, just giving ourselves permission to be who who we've always been. Mm -hmm. And so what is, you said it takes a little bit from astrology, just because we talk about astrology all the time on this podcast. What is the, like the main difference between human design and astrology? And it, it's so funny because people often assume I'm like super deep in astrology because mm-hmm. I I do human design, but I actually like I'm not so deep in astrology. Totally. So I think like the biggest things is like I think astrology has been very helpful for me, but I think what human design has done is it kind of helps people like understand like what their operating system is, like what they're working with and like kind of gives them tool to, tools to really align with that and like every decision they make and like on a daily basis. So for me, human design has been like extraordinarily practical in terms of like how I choose partners, choose opportunities and how I just kind of make sense of myself. And it helps me kind of understand like just my energetic blueprint. And Mm -hmm. so I haven't gotten that from astrology, but astrology has provided like other useful information about myself. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that it's very, yeah, it's very like action driven of just like, what are the things you know that can like, what are the strategies you can use to kind of just come into full alignment with who you are? Mm -hmm. And so you're, well, let me first ask and let you say, so what's your current relationship status? Um, I'm in a monogamous relationship. Okay. And your partner actually was a previous guest yeah. on this podcast, episode 23, I believe. And his name is Jared and he founded Touchpoint. And Jared taught me a lot about, like I wouldn't even refer to my partner as my partner, I would say, if not if not for Jared. So how did you guys find each other? Well, we first met in 2013 when I moved to New York and Mm -hmm. I was working at a startup and Jared had another company then. And basically the startup I was working with hired his company to make all these beautiful videos. And so I met him, we had like an initial meeting and then, I mean, we've just had such a journey, you know, after I left that company, he ended up hiring me and I supported him in the company he was building. And then after that, we just became friends and then we just became best friends. And then we just reached a point where we're like, fuck it you know and Mm -hmm. so we've been um dating for the past uh, about two two and a half years that's great i love you guys together yeah but my question is so you were friends for it seems like a few years before you started dating what was the reason that it didn't like kind of start off other than the work thing as more were you both in other monogamous relationships yeah, we were both in other relationships. He was in a, monog- a monogamous relationship. I was in an open one. I think that like, honestly, like it wasn't, it just like uh, total, didn't totally cross our minds. Like, I think that there was like a real connection between us, but like we loved being best friends. Mm-hmm. And like, I just think that we actually weren't totally ready for each other romantically. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that like what I, I'm so grateful for in our relationship is that we were actually able to witness one another, like through so many different relationships and ways of being. And it was, you know, through that, it's like when we were finally ready for each other, like it, it made sense. But like right. we being friends was amazing, you know, and mm-hmm. it was actually very hard for us to take that step because we were like, we love our friendship. We have the most sacred friendship. Like, are we actually ready to, you know, potentially threaten that with a romantic relationship? 
That's so interesting. So you mentioned briefly before that Jared was in a monogamous relationship and you were in an open one. So what was that like for you? Was it completely your choice? Did you guys choose together? I think that in the open relationships, I was in two back to back and I chose both of them. I think that like I was honestly just in a period in my life where I didn't want to like choose any of the defaults. I was just like, I, I believe that we can design this all for ourselves. And so like what happens if I do it differently? I think that like those relationships were a little bit challenging because both of them like would not have chosen that mm-hmm. and would have preferred monogamy. And I think those are hard dynamics to have. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that like, yeah, I just like wanted to really reinvent relationships. And I right. was had the belief that open relationships would require like a lot more communication and designing of the relationship. But I think it actually ultimately like really was not the right fit for me. Mm -hmm. And were there guidelines for it or was it just like you can kind of do what you want, but like I'm your home base type of thing? We did have guidelines for it. It was definitely like we were one another's primary partner. And like, I think that we, I don't even remember all the rules that we had. I remember with one of my partners, like they definitely didn't want to know anything that happened. Mm -hmm. Whereas like I did. And so I think that we were just like trying to navigate it, you know, and being with other people. I remember one of my partners, like he started like lightly dating someone else. We were in different cities. And like, I was like, it felt totally fine to me. But I think honestly, part of why it did is that like, I didn't feel so committed to either of those relationships. Right. And I think they actually lasted much longer than they would have if they were monogamous for me. Do you think that even though it didn't work for you, an open relationship could really work for someone for life. 100%, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think that like, you know, similar to human design, it's like we're all designed differently and different things are going to work for each of us. And so like, I've definitely seen amazing open relationships that have worked. I think that for me, I learned it really is the intention behind it. And right. like, for me, openness was a way to like, not totally be present in the relationship. And so like, it just wasn't going to work. Right. You know, and so I think that like, if it had come from a different place, or if I was in a different place, or was looking for something different, it could have worked beautifully. Mm-hmm. And going back to human design for a second. Yeah. So you when you got here, we looked up my human design and it was similar to yours. Yeah. And it was the projector. Yeah. So what are the five stages yeah. of human design? So in human design, like I mentioned, like every every person is like super unique, but at the highest level, there are five different types. So basically, most people are either manifesting generators or generators. And so Jared's a generator. Mm -hmm. And these are the people that really have like the natural energy and life force to kind of build and create and do things. And like the most important thing for these people is that they're like in relationships and doing work that is deeply satisfying to them. Right. It's kind of like they wake up each morning with a full tank of energy. Their job is to use that energy in super satisfying ways and then like crash and wake up recharge. Right. Then about... 20% of the population are projectors. So that's both me and you, which basically means that like we really off, we operate better as like guides, as leaders, as teachers. We're really not here to do all the doing ourselves. Like so much of our value comes in really understanding people and like what makes them tick. And there's Mm -hmm. a real fascination in that and like a sensitivity to that. And so often it's good to find roles or careers where we can kind of do that for our career which it sounds like you've done you know and like human design for me is just a modality to kind of help me understand people and how they work Mm -hmm. the most important thing for projectors is that we really aren't designed to do much of the initiating but we're really designed to kind of wait to be invited and recognized rather than kind of pushing our way into something right so I'd be curious whether or not you feel like you've done most of the initiating or waited for the invitation in your life I guess it's like a mixture I I feel like I had to push a little bit to get to a place where I could be the one like giving it the advice and stuff like that. Do you think that people's 
like where people fit on that scale could change like throughout their lives? It doesn't necessarily change, but like it's obviously going to be affected by like the environments we're in Mm -hmm. and like the day that it is and the people that we're around. I think most of us like are conditioned to believe that we need to like manifest and bring things to life. And Mm -hmm. so like most of us are living something different than what we actually are. I think for projectors, like people often just, the invitation is important because people need to be ready to hear what you have to say. Mm -hmm. You don't need to be like ready for your guidance and for your advice. Right. And then the other two types are manifestors, um, which are basically people that are really here to like initiate and get the ball rolling and get things started. And they tend to be very, a little bit more closed in their energy and they just need like freedom and autonomy and control Sounds like and independence. Yes. Yeah. And the most important thing for them is that they're like really letting people know what they're going to do. So if that is your partner, like once he makes a decision to be like, let me make sure that I'm going to like tell everyone who's going to be affected by that decision right. um, just so that they can kind of be in the loop because if they go off and do things on their own, it can be like a little bit um, threatening for people and they might mm-hmm. just not know what's going on. And then the last type is a reflector, which is a, a 1% of the population. So more rare. And these are basically these very unique beings that kind of take in everything in their environment and mirror back. So like if you know who they are as part of a company or community, like you really get a sense of the health of that place just based on how that person's showing up. So their mm-hmm. identity is literally always changing. And the most important thing is that they're really in environments that feel good to them. Interesting. So what's what's the most common out of all of them? Generators and manifesting generators. Yeah. And that's just the highest level. Then it's like every type is like designed to make decisions differently. So, you know, even though we're both projectors, like my decision making is designed to be more emotional, which basically means like I need a lot of time when I make decisions and I need to sleep on things and really feel into things. Whereas like yours is more intuitive where like you might have like an intuitive hit about something. And like once you get that intuitive hit, like that's it. So true. You know, you just got to follow it. so true. Yeah. What can we, what can we read from what we pulled up before that we can like share with yeah. with the audience? So I mean, there's so much. So if you haven't looked up your human design, you can look it up at erinclairjones.com/lookup. You'll need your exact time, date, and place of birth. The chart's gonna look really crazy. I'm just warning you. So I think that like the key pieces is one that you're a projector, which mm-hmm. like I said is like you're really here to kind of be an advisor, a curator, a lighted a leader, a guide. Again, like rather than initiating, it's really about kind of waiting to be invited and recognized in so people right. can really receive your guidance. That intuitive piece that I mentioned. You also have this very which totally makes sense, honestly, for what you do, is that and this is in reference to your profile if you're looking at looking at the design, but you have these two qualities about you, which one is that like there's kind of a natural hermit nature to you Mm -hmm. um, where it's actually very good for you to like spend time alone doing your own thing in your own time but also like you're designed to just be like a natural at what you do so like to not do the things that come hard but like do the things that come so easily and so naturally right and wait to kind of be recognized for those things there's also like a very community networking nature to you mm-hmm. where like which is basically your design to kind of share with your community like all the right. things that you're learning and which I feel like you do so well yeah. and also like your opportunities are all designed to come through your network and for you it's actually much better to work with people you know than it is to work with strangers so interesting and does that resonate yes definitely. yeah definitely. and then like basically if you look at your design you'll see that there are some parts in your design that are basically colored in it might mm-hmm. be a lot of different colors and those are the things that are operating in a very consistent and reliable way within your design mm. and then there are all these areas that are white so you can see for you you actually have a lot of white a lot of yeah, openness what does the white represent the white basically represents the area where areas where you are the most sensitive so the oh. areas where you are the most vulnerable the kind of taking in influences from the environment around you and the mm-hmm. places where you can get the most taken off track but they're also the places of wisdom so it's like our greatest vulnerability and our 
their greatest wisdom. And so, for example, like even though I'm a projector, I have seven of my centers colored in and I just have two centers open and you have seven centers open. Um, So it means that like... So it means I'm super sensitive, like deep down. And projectors are generally very sensitive, Mm -hmm. but like there is a lot. And also just like here to be very wise, you know? And so like some of the areas, like you can be very sensitive and this is going to be especially present when you're like in you know, with other people. Right. But like you can be very sensitive to other people's emotions and like mm-hmm. not only like experience their emotions, but like more intensely than they are, which can be yeah. like overwhelming at times. That's so true. <laughs> oh my gosh. And like, and there's a lot, you know, for you, you're like someone who's very sensitive to your physical space as well. So just like making sure that you choose to be in spaces that like physically feel good. Like it's so good that we're doing this in your apartment. Like yeah. it's so much easier for it to go well when it's in a place that you choose. Right. And there's also, like I said, projectors before we started recording, like projectors aren't meant to do like crazy amounts of work. Like, so for you, it's much better to kind of work in spurts and take a lot of time to rest. And so like a potential shadow for you is just like working too much and like pushing through your tiredness and like trying to keep Mm -hmm. up with the people around you and like not taking time to rest. Right. That's really interesting because I do, I do try to work really hard and, and like the work is different than most because yeah. a lot of my work is on my phone and some of it could just be as little as like responding to messages and being there for people and like giving them advice and showing up for them, yeah. which I try to do all the time. But if I try to do it like, like three hours in a row, no. I like, I'm, I'm dead from like by the end and I can't, totally. I like, and I feel my body a lot of the time around like 10 PM wanting to shut down and go to bed and I just stay, I end up staying up until like, yeah. until 1230 every night. So I need to listen to my body more about 100%. that stuff for sure. And like one difference too is that like, so generators, for example, like they're kind of meant to use up their energy until they mm-hmm. go to bed and then just crash. Right. Whereas for you and I, like it's actually much healthier to really like give ourselves time to unwind. So to like stop mm-hmm. working as early as we can and like give ourselves like an hour to like take a bath or read right. or just kind of like ease into sleep. And so like there and I feel you, I do that sometimes too. Like right. there is a tendency to want to keep going. Yeah. But like I would definitely give yourself that space. And then one other thing I'd add, even though it's kind of like a controversial, but I think powerful part of human design yeah. is that as a projector, because you're so sensitive, it is actually really good for you to sleep in your own bed. Um, so that's spot on. Yeah. And so like, and you know, my Jared and I have our own bedrooms and mm-hmm. like, and I think that it's just for some types, and I think it's honestly true for everyone, but especially for some types, it's like it's much easier to kind of wake up as ourselves when we wake up in our own energy because we really affect each other when we sleep. And yeah. so when we're sleeping in the same bed as our partners, like we can wake up just feeling a little bit off or like tired or whatever it is. Yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah. I I thought that was just like, you know, me being a, a maybe like a creature of my own like habit and of my own, you know, environment. But I think there is really something to that. Totally. For sure. Yeah. For sure. I love the idea that you guys have two bedrooms. Yeah. Dude, was that, that was obviously intentional. Totally intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that like one, since I like explored this through human design, I've just, I really felt the difference sleeping with people and not. And so like, it's always felt really good to have my own space. You know, Jared separately from me has like always had a vision of having separate bedrooms. So like this was not a thing where it was like one of us felt strongly. We both were right. really excited about it. But I think honestly, it's just like feels very healthy to have your own space in partnership because like for me, it's it's not that we don't sleep together. It's like there's always the choice to sleep together. And when we do, right. we are so excited. Right. But there's also like we have really different schedules. Like he works late. 
I go to bed early. I wake up. We're just on different, you know. Right. And so like to be able to be in our own rhythm and just like come together when it's natural has felt so good. That is really nice. Yeah. I have to ask, do you, when you want to be intimate with yeah. each other, does it matter which bedroom? No. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. That's so, so yeah, no, I think that because we both have our own spaces. We both love right. our spaces. Right. Yeah. I feel like I would be like, we're only doing it in your bedroom. Really? My partner, so that mine's like completely clean, okay, yeah. you know? Yeah. Uh-huh. Jared's neater than I am. So he- mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's funny. There's always been this cliche of like men being messy. Yeah. But it's not true. I know. Every man I've ever dated has been cleaner than I. Yeah. Like every single man. Yeah. I don't know where that came from. Yeah. So you are with a partner now that you really, really love. Yeah. When you first came to the city before you, like, you know, became serious with Jared, what was dating like for you as a single woman? I think that it was like, I think that I was just like always trying to figure it out. You know, Mm -hmm. I think that like I was in a serious relationship in college. And then when I um, came to New York, I had met somebody else who lived in Colorado and we were dating and then I like, we were in an open relationship and then I started exploring another open relationship and then I like really just went to like all sorts of weird parties in New York and kind of really was exploring my sexuality and I think I just got to a point where I was just like, it's just like none of this feels right and so so then I was actually celibate for a year because I just like got to a point where I was like, I don't, I'm not having the sex that I want to be having and like, I don't think it's going to come from having more sex. Like Mm -hmm. I think it's going to come from like stepping back and away from sex and just like being with myself and seeing what emerges. And I think that that was such a powerful exercise for me. And I think the relationships that emerged after that year were actually like so powerful and just actually felt so much more aligned with where I was. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I've definitely like pushed a lot of boundaries mostly to just kind of discover what works for me. And I think again, like, all in the effort to just like not do something because it was what I was supposed to do and like right. and figure out like what actually felt right. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have like this natural glow about you and maybe it's like the Taurus beauty. I don't know. But I have to ask, like, what do you do to make yourself feel like confident and, yeah. and good about yourself? Do you have any kind of like routine? Yeah, totally. So I think that like in general, I just like try to take good care of myself. But like as a projector, one of our biggest shadows is honestly just pushing ourselves way too hard. So I'm mm-hmm. definitely vulnerable to that. I think in general, like I really try to sleep enough. I practice and I'm a teacher of Kundalini, which is like a yoga practice, which honestly is like kind of a secret to good skin Mm. because it's like all this weird breath. And like if you ever meet a Kundalini teacher, often their skin is like amazing. And so there's like something cleansing about that practice. And I think in general, just like try to eat clean as well. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm also pretty addicted to hot yoga. So I think that helps. Yeah, definitely. Um, But yeah, just like and also when I'm like happier and doing well, like you can see it in my face. Right. And like even like last week I was like, feeling very stressed and not sleeping enough and like those things are just so evident in your skin Mm -hmm. and like it was just yeah I was just like I look totally weird (laughs) yeah Yeah. what is like the perfect amount of sleep to you or the ideal I I mean I think that I always try to make sure I have eight hours Mm -hmm. but I think ideally for me it'd be nine Mm -hmm. but I think I honestly only do that on weekends right now but like I definitely need more sleep yeah, me too. I don't know what it is. I Projectors love... Projectors also need a lot of sleep. I love when I get nine hours. Yeah. And when I get like seven and a half or anything less, I'm just like, ugh, I really needed more. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Do you find that you're more of a morning person or a night person? Um, Definitely more of a morning person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that like I definitely have far more energy in the morning. Um, 
but it requires that I get good sleep the night before. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And what is like when you're giving someone a reading on human design, like what can they expect? Like if our listeners want to. Yeah. Because you're also a coach mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So I think that basically when I sit down with someone, we'll kind of go through like their basic blueprint, which is like, okay, what is their type? How are they designed to make decisions, communicate? Like how do they best process things more independently or collaboratively? Like for example, you're more independent. Mm-hmm. All the key areas that can take them off track, just their natural strengths, how they're really here to manifest their purpose, the kind of work environments they're designed to work best in. And so I'll do that in a private session, but also I have an offering called Blueprint, which is like I hand make a 30 page PDF on your unique design, which is like just a great place to get started if you kind of want to just like get a sense of like what is this whole human design thing. And right. Yeah. That's awesome. And do you do any like relationship oriented yeah. stuff? Like tell someone, you know, you're a projector, you should be with a yes, whatever. Totally. So I do a lot of partnership sessions, both with co-founders and with couples. And I think that, you know, people have tried to ask me like for dating apps, if like there could be some kind of compatibility, compatibility thing. Like I think with human design, it's harder for me to be like, you should be with this kind of person, but it's right. more when you've decided that you're already attracted to somebody, it's really like looking at your two designs and seeing like the compatibility, like the areas where there's harmony, the areas that might be more challenging, like some relationships are just going to require more work than others, mm-hmm. you know? And I think at least according to human design. And I think that like what I've really learned is that it's never about telling people something, it, telling people that it won't work. It's more just like if you really like honor the fact that you guys are totally unique and totally different, like then like everything's possible, mm-hmm. you know? And I think where we get really tripped up in relationships is when we kind of expect people to be something different than what they are or even more similar to like us, mm-hmm. you know? And I think it's been so helpful with me and Jared because like, our designs are radically different. You know, like he makes decisions in the moment. I need a lot more time. He's like a generator and a hustler. Like I'm a projector. And so like it's been so helpful because rather than taking those things personally or making each other wrong for being different, we like really have a language to understand mm-hmm. who we are and our and our dynamic. Mm-hmm. I love yeah. that. What do you think in terms of friendship and human design? I think that like, you know, I, again, I think like anything's possible. There are like areas you can see in human design where one person will be drawn to another. I think it's often nice to like be around people of your type because there's just like a level of harmony and understanding. Like when I look at my friends, like not because I chose them, but I have a lot of friends that are projectors, you know, just because like they're, there's just an ease with us. Um, but like I have also a lot of friends now that are manifestors and generators, but now I just like know how to work with them. Like it was funny. I was doing a session this morning and this woman was like, you know, when I really need advice or guidance, like I go to my projector friend. She's mm-hmm. like, when I need like a beam of sunshine and light and energy, I like go to my manifesting generator friend. So like right. it's just like knowing what people are. So you kind of know how to leverage and be in that relationship. That's so interesting. Do you think there'll ever be an app that maybe you create or you're involved in where you can see what all of your friends are? Totally. Yes, I think so. And there are like so many cool apps now that do that through like the gene keys and astrology Mm -hmm. and like bring in those other components. But like it, yeah. And like, I think it would just be helpful to have that in like very easy language for people because it's so fascinating. Like in my first business partnership, like whenever we got in like an argument or there was friction, we could literally look at our designs and see exactly how we were being triggered and what was triggering what. And so like, I think that the easiest way to understand a human design is that it just like gives us a language to understand kind of the energetics that are underneath the surface, stuff that we're all feeling, but don't always know how to talk about. Mm -hmm. And so whether it's like a romantic relationship or a friendship or a business partnership, it's just like, oh yeah, like I like, we can understand exactly what's happening and what's triggering what. So we can just like surface that stuff and overcome it much 
more quickly. Right. What do you think about like alcohol and like influences like, you know, I don't know, psychedelics and things like that when it comes to your type of human design? I think that, you know, it's probably going to be like different for different people. I can say that, you know, I stopped drinking a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just like, I didn't feel like it was, you know, I do actually know a number of projectors that don't drink, but I think yeah. I also know a lot of people that don't drink. Yeah. You don't drink either, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that there's like, I did, I got to a point where I was like, this is not elevating me. Like right. when I'm like choosing all the things in my life that it feels like are making me clearer or more lucid, like this is not it. Mm-hmm. And so like, it just didn't feel like the right fit for me. Right. And like psychedelics, you know, I had heard a really interesting story the other day of like, basically a woman who was a reflector and was like sitting in a ceremony. I think it was like an ayahuasca ceremony, Mm -hmm. but she basically reflectors like their magic is that they're actually taking in everyone else's stuff and reflecting it back. And so she had this really crazy experience where she literally was experiencing everyone else's journey and like kind of just like in a very intense way. And there are moments like that where that was so powerful and useful to other people, but it was probably actually a bit overwhelming for her. So like for her, it actually might be better to do it just by herself and in her own environment. So like when we know our type, it's probably going to influence it. But like, I think that like, honestly, all this stuff, just like, I think when we choose to do it in moderation and like with consciousness, you know, because I don't think drinking is wrong at all. I just like know that it wasn't supporting me. Yeah. It's interesting. I feel like, I almost like wanted you to say like projector shouldn't drink, I know. you know, because I feel like if you are someone that people are going to for, for like advice and things like that, it is not your duty, but like, you know, it's part of your role to be this like clear headed person yeah. in a way, you know? Totally. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And like, and I feel that even like when there are days, like I had a migraine this week and it's just like, it's like, it's hard for me to show up for sessions when like my head hurts, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's just like, there is, I agree with that. There's a responsibility of really taking care because like there's a job and like people sure. are expecting a certain level of energy and presence from you. For sure. And so like, I do think that like the substances or things in our lives that actually undermine that capacity probably aren't going to be that beneficial. Yeah. It's, it's funny because I like, I used to smoke weed all the time, yeah. um, like every minute and yeah. Part of the reason that I did, like when I traced back to when I first started, was because I felt like I was like too much and I needed to like be less, you know? And I feel like if I had known my human design like earlier on, I would have realized that like I'm supposed to be too much. You know what I mean? And that like smoking weed every day or doing something that like kind of like dims what like we're supposed to be like is not the answer, you know? Exactly. But it was, it was not like it was, I had to figure that out on, on my own. It's interesting. I mean, the founder of human design would always say that like, even though it's amazing for us to discover this system as adults, like it's most helpful for children Yeah. because like we discover it now and we're like, okay, got it. There's like a lot of deconditioning to do to like step into like, a natural way of operating but like when you have the permission to be who you are from like the first day it's so powerful Mm -hmm. because like as projectors like all we want is recognition you know and like but it's so hard to kind of seek it out or like kind of want to give all this advice or guidance before people are actually ready for it right you know so I also feel like if I were like if I were five and I found out like everyone needs to listen to me my parents would be like yeah right like (laughs) fuck that like you need to listen to us but it is it is funny. Have you worked with any children on I've worked with parents. 
Okay, yeah. yeah. And like, and just like if you're going to have a projector child, it's like really invite them into things, like mm-hmm. recognize them for things, mm-hmm. you know, like kind of give them those opportunities. And like, yeah. and so, and like, it's, it's so interesting because you really are like kind of should parent kids differently depending on their design. Like, mm-hmm. like I said, like projectors going to bed, like you should have like time to unwind, like take a bath. Whereas like generators like shouldn't have like a bedtime. Right. They've got to like use up all their energy before they go to bed. Right. Yeah. What would be... The, not that there is one, but like the best combination for you and Jared, if you had a kid, oh my God, like kids? for your, like the human design of like your potential future job. I think that like, I mean, probably who knows, but uh-huh. I think probably if we had like a projector or generator, it would be nice because there's just like, we both understand what it right. means to be those things. So mm-hmm. there could be like just we could save some time by like sharing some lessons. But you know, it, it's been so interesting for me to look back on my family. Cause like my sister's a manifester, my dad's a projector, my mom's mm. a generator. Like it's just like been, it's actually helped me understand our dynamic in such a deeper way. But yeah, I mean like I'm, I think that like I love working with projectors because they tend to really understand human design very quickly. And I just like identify with them because I am one. So I think having a child that would be a projector, like it'd be fun to nurture that. So if I went to your website, I could find out everyone in my family's yeah. human design. Ooh, I'm <laughs> so excited. It's I'm so definitely fun. definitely going to do that. Yeah, no, it's so fascinating. And it's so funny because like my dad and I as projectors just like don't have the same amount as energy of energy. And so like on family vacations, like my sister and my mom are running ahead and my dad are like, we're going to rest. We're going to take some time. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. Uh-huh. I have this feeling that everyone in my family is like the opposite I of, know. of what I am. But I guess likely we'll find out. Yeah. I will find out. So do you have a quote? We usually end with like a quote or a piece of advice that you can share with our listeners that has really helped you over the years or maybe guided you or just like, I don't know, something that you read on a bus. You know, I have, I just had a good quote, so I wanted to find it. Um, okay. You ready? I'm ready. So the quote is, the reason you have a hard time trusting your intuition is because you are still convinced that some outside authority knows better than you by Maryam Hasna. I love that. And why I love that quote is because I think, and it's why I love human design is that I think for so long we've been really looking for authority outside of ourselves in terms of like teachers and guides and gurus Mm -hmm. and like human design is a system that just helps us each tap into our own inner authority and like in a way that is reliable and consistent for us every single time. Right. And so it's just like helping people learn to trust that. I love that. Yeah. Thank you so much, Erin. This yeah. has been great. I feel like I feel like re rejuvenated from this. Good. Maybe it's because we're both projectors. I know. Yeah. Um, so thank you. Yeah. Thank you. And will you let everyone know where they can follow you and yes. find you and email you and, and all the Totally. Stuff. So my website is erinclairjones.com and so is my Instagram. And yeah, if you're interested in a session, there's more information on my website. And also if you want that blueprint, that 30-page PDF, you can order that directly on my website. Awesome. Thank you so much. You. And now we're both going to rest for a little bit, oh hopefully. My God, yeah. <laughs> Have a good one, everyone. Yes.